Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and joined today by a new co-host. This is really exciting. I'm joined today by Raj Chapalu. You know him as Unwritten Rules on Twitter, and he is our newest addition to the podcast network. Hopefully you all listened to his debut episode with Anthony the other day. If you haven't, check it out. But Raj, so happy to have you and so happy to have you on a day that the Lakers won. I'm so excited to be here. You know, when Anthony called me in, he's like, yeah, we want some optimism on the Silver <laughs> Screen and Roll podcast network. This game really tested that. Honestly, this was an ugly one. But yeah, I'm excited to be here working with you, Sabrina. Hopefully, you know, I can fill the small shoes that no, they wrote in the article. <laughs> I felt bad reading all that. But no, the shoes of uh, Anthony Warren. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Anthony definitely brings a very specific energy to this podcast. And uh, I am just, you know, delighted for a change because uh, to be fair, I am not the most positive person, but I like to think that, you know, I try my very best to enjoy the Lakers. I mean, I did name the show. I love basketball after all credit to yeah. my, my former co-host Sasha as well for helping it, you know, come up with that in case you're a new listener to the show, because, you know, Raj's immense Twitter fame brought you here. Uh, it is named after uh, Meta World Peace and his just, you know, I love basketball during what was one of the worst Lakers seasons of all time. So if he could feel that, then we could feel it now, even if this is only the Lakers 25th win of the season. And like you said, it was an ugly one. This was really ugly. <laughs> it really was. The, yeah. the end of that fourth quarter with the Lakers just in, unable to make more than one of every two of their free throw attempts. Um, no really good commitment to boxing out lots and lots of offensive rebounds on Portland end. Uh, just questionable decision-making on offense at times. I mean, that's just a theme of the Lakers season as whole. I, I don't need to restrict it to the fourth quarter of this particular game, but you know, in the interest of optimism, you and I had discussed, like if this was the worst win of the season. I don't, I don't really want to go in that direction right now because mm -hmm. I'm happy the Lakers won. They needed to win. Otherwise this would have been their fourth loss in a row. Yeah. Let's let's, you know, channel that positive energy. What was, what was your favorite thing about today's game, Raja? Well, you know, when you try to be an optimist, you also have to be a realist as well. And so there <laughs> wasn't very much other than Anthony Davis. Right. And I think that's where most, you know, fans optimism comes from is like mm -hmm. we still have LeBron and Anthony Davis and you saw one of them out there LeBron has looked like LeBron for most of the season mm -hmm. other than obviously his injuries that he just got but AD looking like AD I thought he was moving the best that he did you know for from the last few games I think the mm -hmm. two days off really helped him he was doing a bunch and the lineups you know we can get into that really didn't help him at all playing next yeah. to Avery Bradley Dwight Howard trying to you know make up for Carmelo Anthony Russell Westbrook I thought fell asleep a bunch of times defensively on oh my God. <laughs> on Norman Powell. I'm not sure what he was doing. He picked up, you know, a quick four fouls and a lot of people were like, just let him stay on the bench, which is <laughs> you know, kind of sad. But yeah, I thought Anthony Davis looked great. I think he finished with like 28 points. I don't have the 30 exact points, yeah. 30 points. He got his 30. Uh, I believe he had like three offensive rebounds as well. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I feel like that's a good barometer to me when I watch AD is how many offense, offensive rebounds does he have? He had three blocks, I believe. I'm not sure how yep, many blocks. Three blocks, yeah. three blocks as well. So, yeah, it was a good AD game. Like, that's the most important thing here. If AD's not himself, this team's not going anywhere. If LeBron obviously never doesn't come back healthy from that knee and the knee soreness, then it's mm -hmm. not going anywhere. But to me, AD looking like AD, that was the best part of tonight. Other than that, a lot of, lot of dicey Slim stuff. Slim pickings. Yes. 
I will say I love when the Lakers win and the opponents score under a hundred because I am a purist when it comes to Laker fans getting tacos. So that's number one. In I my don't list. like that. I don't like that they moved the taco to 111 points. I also like, I don't, don't like that it applies to road games. Come on. Like there is a system in place. <laughs> Opposing teams knew that you needed to score more than hundred points to screw LA fans out of their 39th cent tacos. And it meant something to them. I remember Jason Richardson coming into LA trying to score hundred points. I remember Andre Guadala oh, yeah. telling his teammates to score more than hundred points when they got into LA. It's 111 business. It's not working. Yeah, yeah but hey. that's not it. Why move the goalposts? Make them make them score under 100. If you know, Jack and Box doesn't give out. Yeah. I understand that the offense some tacos, is, then go ahead. Yeah. Offensive ratings are higher. I get it. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Um, this is a Lakers team that probably should play slower. <laughs> probably should attempt to clear the 100 bar instead of the 111 bar. Uh, but yeah, that that was my favorite thing about the game. Uh, Anthony Davis, obviously, though, just delightful performance. Um, the block that he had at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the Blazers somehow got the ball back anyway, even though the ball went off the side of the backpack. I don't want to talk about that possession too much because it's going to just send me on it. Tirade about the level of decision-making that went into everything ahead of that. But um, what I liked about Davis's game is that he wasn't turning the ball out of, over out of the post. Like that to me is mm-hmm. always a good indicator of how 80's doing um, because they were sending some doubles at him, you know, when he was posting up and he was, just doing a much better job actually of not like when the second guy comes behind him and swipes it away, like that wasn't happening to him right. to be fair. Portland is not the best defensive team, but like that is a, that is something that happens to and It wasn't happening that much today. Um, and the, the long two also working, right? Like I think I've sort of given up hope on 80 being a three point <laughs> shooter, which is fine, but like that long mid range, he loves taking that shot and he's super comfortable taking it and it looks good. So mm-hmm. I would hope that it goes in more often than not. Um, but yeah, and, that yeah, and working Nurkic for AD. Yeah, and Nurkic yeah. is a big, you kind of attack, you know, on pick and rolls and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he was able to attack him off the dribble. I thought that was really nice to see his jumper working. Like it was gone. It, I thought it left him for most of the season, but it looks like he's getting more lift on it as well. I think he lost some weight. Like, you know, after he came back from the injury, mm-hmm. he looks a couple of pounds lighter as well. And he I looks think great. that helps. Looks good. Moving well. And that's the most important thing. Everything else we can kind of Russell Westbrook still having an ugly game. I think you're going to get that without LeBron. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to turn his efficient. You're going to turn his volume up. So it's going to turn down the efficiency. Did he finish like three for 12 or something like that? Russell Westbrook exactly. finished three for 12 from the field. That is correct. Yeah. Three for 12, from, three for 12 from the field. Triple, so not great. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He did not get a triple double because he only had nine points. <laughs> yeah. But you got the assist, you got the rebound. So you got the production there. Um, we turned the ball over a bunch. Uh, I believe we, I believe way too much. Yeah. Way too many turnovers for, against like a really bad Portland defense as well. Just really bad decision-making, but yeah, 80 was good on that end. Got to the basket, was able to finish. He saved us tonight. Like our offense, like in that fourth quarter, it was just his offensive rebounding. Like mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook took that awful three where the guy went under the screen because, of course, they did. Um, he took that <laughs> three late, and Anthony Davis knew where the ball was going, uh, and, mm-hmm. he, and he got the basket off that. I think Malik Monk also had a bad shot in the fourth quarter. Um, good to see AD just aggressive and, and picking it up. Uh, we don't know when LeBron is coming back, so it's going to be on AD's shoulders. It's supposed to be Russ and AD's shoulders, but uh, I think Russ at least put up the production with the assists and the rebounds, but AD looked good. Uh, that's that's what we need, and that's my that's where my optimism is going to sit tonight. It's uh, with Anthony Davis looking like uh, bubble AD, at least for 
tonight and these last few games. I thought he's played well. He outplayed Embiid recently. Um, mm-hmm. I think and uh, he sat out that Charlotte game, but he played well against Atlanta, at least for the first three and a half quarters mm-hmm. before we melted down in that game. Uh, but but AD yeah. looked good tonight. Yeah. A lot of uh, talking on defense in that Atlanta game um, after the fact, unfortunately, not before the plays actually materialized. Saw some more of that today against Portland, where it does not seem like the Lakers are entirely on the same page at all times or most of the time. But AD cleans up a lot, you know, and this is the theory of this team, right? There are three superstars in quotes for a reason is if all those three guys are atop their game, then it really doesn't matter how else everyone else is doing because those three should be able to carry the Lakers. And I mean, I'm of the belief that you really only need those top two guys to be delivering at their <laughs> game. Just one, I don't think the West is that great. And two, like the level that LeBron and Anthony Davis have shown, especially in the postseason, like that's, that's the theory of the team, right? If those guys are a one and a two, like, like they were in Orlando, then the team has a shot, but unfortunately they've played together. What, how many times I think you've ran the numbers on this. Yeah. Um, they played uh 16 games together, 16 um, games together. It's like 200 minutes where 80 is at center. So mm-hmm. you, not much data to really take not from that. A, a lot, lot of DeAndre Jordan, yeah. a lot of DeAndre oh Jordan, mixed in. a lot of Ken Bazemore <sighs> as well. Um, who played tonight? Bazemore really happy to see him on the court. <laughs> Me too. Jesus. Chop wood, carry water, carry Bazemore. <laughs> Seems like a happy person. Um, mm-hmm. I would hope that he maintains that level of faith after this game where it was it was bleak in the second quarter when he came in. What the, I think the Blazers hit eight threes in the second <laughs> quarter. Uh, and yeah. only on one of them, when Nurkic sort of picked it up after a loose ball scrum, did I think that it was not going to go in. So mm-hmm. when you're giving up that quality of shots to a Portland team, that really, really all they do well is shoot not like create for one another or like get to the hoop or anything like that. They just shoot. And to give them comfortable shots is probably the worst possible option on defense. Like that, that's what you can do against the Lakers, you know, like mm-hmm. give their guys open shots. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but yeah. And they like did. It. Portland went to a bunch of zone tonight. Mm-hmm. Like after every timeout, it was yeah. a zone and we were like, what, what is this? And like every single <laughs> possession, but yeah, they went zone. They started the, the their first possession of the game. I think they went zone against us, um, just forcing mm-hmm. us to shoot. Our defensive coverages are really confusing sometimes. Like I'm not sure why we doubled um, against Nurkic when uh, he has AD on him. Like make him score against AD. Why double? And Russ does that a lot. He doubles like uh, he doubles for no reason sometimes. He'll just pinch in and his guy will be open, or he'll like lazily say switch and there's no one on the <laughs> other side there. So uh, it's, it's a struggle sometimes watching him uh, on that end. And again, Carmelo he doubles Anthony, off Russell. of like Norman Powell, who's a good shooter, and like Anthony Simons, also a good shooter. Oh, uh, he went under like every Anthony Simons screen. And I'm like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, this is exactly what Simons does. He just pulls mm-hmm. up threes. And he did. Even the Blazers broadcast was like, what are you doing? Like, that's Anthony Simons. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Russ was a struggle on defense, but he gave you the rebounds and the assists. So you just got to get the production. Sabrina, are you on? Like, because for Russell Westbrook, for me, it's become into acceptance. Like, you know, everyone, you go through those <laughs> stages of grief. I'm on the stage of like Russell Westbrook is who he is. He's not mm-hmm. a superstar. We don't have a three-star team. He's which not is, even an know, all-star, honestly. Like that's, yeah. it's sad. But he has skills that, you know, you can deploy. Um, but I think we make it harder. We start him with Avery Bradley. So a guy that, again, Avery Bradley hit his threes tonight and the Blazers still just did not guard did him. Did he hit because, his threes? Oh, three of eight. Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. 
I think he started every night. Yeah. Yeah. I think he started like three for five or something. And he missed his last, uh, he misses all the wide open ones. The fourth quarter was a slog. (laughs) Oh, it was ugly. Um, And then, yeah, you put him next to Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson, another guy that, you know, teams don't really respect. And then it's Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis running with him. And it's like him throwing a, so what we'll do is they'll, he'll throw like a post entry to AD and then they'll double AD and give it back to Russ. And Russ is like, okay, let me give it back to you. And so it's like, <laughs> it's a lot of ugly offense in that way. Uh, but yeah, are you there with Russ as well in this acceptance level of like, this is just who he is. He's like a high level role player that you kind of have to fit around. I just hate the idea of paying a high level role player, $44 million. <laughs> like I watch, I watch my boy Kuz, you know, get a game winning block on Joel Embiid. I watch KCP just, you know, chugging along, hitting threes. Some nights he doesn't hit that many. I still look at the plus minus. He's doing great. (laughs) Uh, I just miss having more options. So it could be like, oh, if it's not this guy's night, it could be this guy's night. And the Lakers don't have those options. Like it has to be an Avery Bradley night, unfortunately, because maybe you play more Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is not that comfortable in a shot yet. It just isn't there. You know, I I think he does a lot of smart things on the floor, moves the ball well, hustles on defense. I want him to shoot more. Stanley Johnson is more comfortable shooting than Austin Reeves. That shouldn't be the case. <laughs> like Austin Reeves is a better jumper than Stanley Johnson. Um, yeah, yeah, the Lakers Austin are just passes. in this position. Oh, yeah. yeah, he overpasses for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he should he should definitely shoot more. But he's a rookie. Like, I can't really yeah, yeah. blame that on him. I think he should start. Like, I, I don't know what we're really waiting for here. Like, I don't know <laughs> what other numbers we need. Uh, yeah. I would start him over Avery Bradley right away. THG, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. THG's look like he's kind of lost in the rotation. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot let's, of guys. Let's talk about just... THG for a second, actually, because okay. this was a game. This stretch, really, without LeBron is built mm-hmm. for THG. He is de facto backup point guard. Like, he will be running units by himself. No, like, the ball is in THG's hands when Russ is mm-hmm. out of court. And Russ isn't playing like his, you know, 38 or whatever minutes that he used to back in the day. Like uh, he's at 32, 33. So there is a lot of time when Talon gets to run the show. And what does Talon yeah. do today? Three straight turnovers on bad passes in the second quarter. <laughs> um, and it's, it's hard for me not to watch Talon Horton Tucker and think of what could have been with Kyle Lowry. It's just. I can't get over I thought over you were going to say Alex Caruso. I was like, oh, well. no, 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 it's, it's fine. It's fine. The, the Caruso thing is not a, a Talon problem. That is a genie bus. I want to pay the tax problem, but it is hard for me not to watch Talon and think of like, oh, we could have had a real point guard, <laughs> not this guy masquerading as a point guard. And the problem is I like so many of the things that Talon does. It just like, where is it? You know, um, I, I watching this game, right? Like, I kept thinking of that Houston series in the bubble two years ago because of the way Anthony Davis is being guarded. And like, obviously Russell Westbrook is there who was on the Houston team and Robert Covington is there who was on the Houston team. And I'm thinking of Houston series, Taylor Horton Tucker, that the epic, you know, the, the apex moment of THT's career to this point, you know, with all due respect to the 2020 preseason for whatever that's worth, but like he should be able to go after defenses, even in their in, when they're in zone, because Frank Vogel has said on multiple occasions, we play zone in practice and THG just carves right through it. Like he just doesn't even need a screen or anything. He just drives right through the zone. Why can't he do that in games? Like why, where is this guy that Frank Vogel sees in practice? Where is this guy that was wrecking us, you know, in practices in the bubble? Like I, is his confidence gone? Like, is he just not as Definitely. good as I thought he was? Uh, is it all still stemming back from him coming back too early from that thumb injury? Like, can he not shoot now because his hand is messed up? Like, where, where are we lying with Taylor and Tucker? 
So he's like a, so they're trying to fit him into a role player and he, he's trying to be like Russell Westbrook or LeBron right on the team. So he wants the ball in his hands. And I always say like with THT, if you watch him drive, like if you just cut off before the basket is made, you think it's like an all-star, right? Cause like he, he has all the moves. He has like the yeah. left to right, you know, crossover spin left, but he'll like miss the shot at the rim. Cause he doesn't want to use his left hand. So he'll try to use a right hand spin. The funky reverses. Yeah. The super reverses, which look absolutely incredible. You know, they look mm-hmm. like, you know, super athletic when they go in and uh, when he has space on the right side, but when like a defender can sit on that, they'll block it. So, and I think the jumper just never getting there. Like, I think that's the issue. You don't, he doesn't have to be a great jump shooter. It has to be respectable though. And it's not at that level yet. And he takes tough threes. It's not like catch and shoot spot up. It's like, let me, dribble step back step left pull up three like those are tough shots for for a guy like that who can't get in rhythm you're right we've started to uh play him when he's not next to Russ. like he's starting to get minutes not next to Russ, which i think is great and he's getting some high ball screen possessions which is good uh but you know on this team i just like there's just not enough shooting or if there's enough shooting there's not enough defense like we have such a push and pull on this team where every player kind of gives back everything they give like carmelo yeah. had 18 18 points at halftime and uh, and like I thought he got picked on like the whole game yeah. you know so it's like a lot of the stuff they get um they give right back so that's the struggle here and Taylor just looks out of place I think Malik Monk has passed him in the rotation mm-hmm. Austin Reeves has kind of passed him in terms of importance on this team he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands next to two super duper ball handlers like it's just it's a rough place to be and I think the jumper was supposed to be better than it has been as he's in a tough place and we just don't have time though to develop THT that's the rough part of this team so what are we like in 10th now or have we or we're in ninth I believe after this game yeah we're uh, in ninth behind the Clippers <laughs> and the Wolves um I'm yeah. only mentioning them because those are the only two teams I think that we can realistically catch right uh, yeah it's, although it's playing you know the Nuggets have 23 losses they're not completely out of reach but I just think the Nuggets yeah. are better and <laughs> uh if they potentially get Murray back then like that is a team that I don't want to see. Uh, yeah. So, you know, keep Minnesota and Clippers in the play and like, it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just wasted so many games to me where like, even when we were healthy, we were starting like THT and Deandre Jordan. Do you, mm-hmm. you remember that? It's like, what, what were I've we doing? I've tried to black it out, man. I've tried to just <laughs> erase it from my memory. Yeah. It's just um, tough. Like for a person who wants to go back and, you know, dig into numbers and you're like, can't do anything with this data. <laughs> like two of the people, who are in the rotation, who are starting, are no longer even the rotation, even though Ken Bazemore, I mean, he played six minutes tonight. I mean, that's not in the rotation. That's like, I don't know what you would he call that. He just had to be there because yeah, they needed some yeah. sort of Get some cardio. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Stanley it's a back-to-back, Johnson. back-to-back, you know, not everyone can play all that oh, much. Very yeah. true, yeah. Stanley Johnson, who wasn't on the team to start the year, is now starting, <laughs> is our starting power forward. Austin Reeves, who was undrafted, is now like our sixth man. Like, so it's so much of the beginning of the year that, it's hard to even take, um, which, is, which is why, like, I think THC is also in a rough spot. This whole roster was kind of built in a strange, in a strange way. And then when you have one of your top two injured, it's going to look rough for everyone. So, yeah, THC's had a rough year. He had a good, you know, a better fourth quarter. Like, he kind of playmaked a little yeah, bit, got yeah. to the basket, passed it that's out. That's a, that's a low bar to clear. But, I mean, he, you know, he played a little bit better in the fourth, for sure. No, I, I like Taylor a lot. I like the playmaking. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't understand what he's doing on this particular Lakers team, because if it was a choice between him and Caruso, then why don't you pick the guy who can actually win now if you're trying to win now with LeBron James, but I have attempted to litigate the Caruso decision so many times I should stop doing it. Um, 
Yeah, it doesn't, even doesn't help when the Bulls accounts, you know, repost every single <laughs> one hand blog that he has. It should like, be a much happier time now that they can't post his highlights, but I just feel bad that he's injured and it's yeah, so sad. that's true. Uh, yeah, it's let's you know get back onto some good things here. Uh, Malik Monk, uh, I thought he did a really good job of rotating over as the low man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, not a great finisher at the basket for some reason, despite his size and theoretical strengths as a basketball player. A uh, couple times, Monk rotates over, provides some you know deterrence, and Nurkic is not able to finish over him. I thought that was pretty good. I I don't expect anything from Monk on defense, like ever. So for him to actually make that rotation and stop like a basket or two, that's really important in a game that the Lakers only won by what. Uh, like I said, I was going to have the box were open in here. I have closed the window. Um, but they only won by five. So, hey. Yeah, Malik progress. was a plus 11. He was a plus 11 and went two for 10 from the field. So, like, he was on the floor, basically, when we made our runs. We put him in tough spots defensively, though. Like, definitely. Mm-hmm. We'll, like, He's starting back. at the three. Oh, man, it's, it's so rough. And I think that, you know, that Russ, Bradley, and Monk combination is just – really rough to watch like especially defensively especially with how Russ falls asleep and then you have two small guards on your back line and then mm-hmm. Vogel loves to run that drop coverage right so Avery right. Bradley is doing whatever he can to fight over these screens AD helps and it's like Avery Bradley Malik Monk tagging the guy who's on the who's the low man so yeah it's rough to watch I think Malik Monk tries though at least like I think he, yeah you know he I think plays so hard and uh, he, he tries to use his athleticism. But again, like, it's hard to blame Malik Monk for not being able to stop guys at the rim. Uh, yeah. and it looks frustrating to AD as well. You'll see AD like, man, that guy, you were supposed to be there. And Malik's like, mm-hmm. I'm 6'1". Like, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> sure what I was, not sure what I'm supposed to do there. But you're right. Yeah, he, he did come over a few times, which is why it was frustrating to watch us double Nurkic, like, yeah. for no reason. And just give up open threes. Um, did a lot of questionable things on defense, but that was the one. But yeah, Monk just- definitely was. I'm just waiting for the Lakers to commit to switching all the time. Like this is a roster that screams to switch all the time. And, you know, I hear about like the Lakers might be interested in Eric Gordon. And and you you know what those Houston Rockets are really good at switching. So if you're (laughs) going to bring Eric Gordon in and just play the same ridiculous defensive system that, you know, worked in the 1920 team because you had these towers, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, who goodness gracious, how much has his vertical jump like diminished in the last two years? poor Dwight, but it's not the same team, you know, like on the surface, I can see why Frank wants it to be the same team because the Lakers tried very hard to get as many of the same players as they possibly could. Uh, but Hey, Rondo's gone, you know, Avery Bradley, not the same Avery Bradley. And, you know, let's remember he wasn't even in the playoffs. Um, Dwight Howard, not the same Dwight Howard. So it's, I, I just want to see some imagination on Frank's part, you know, just commit to what clearly would work with this team. Like, at least, at least Carmelo is not in the draft anymore. Like, at least he's not the five in the draft is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's some progress. Um, still looks rough, though. Yeah, teams teams rough. really go – teams still go at him. They'll, like, hunt Carmelo Anthony, which is rough. But we need a scoring, so it's like a, a – He was the best plus minus on the team today. Like, he was yeah. just crushing it offensively. Yeah, 24 points. Uh, you're going to get that. You know, I thought, you know, he has the greenest light, I think, on this team, yeah. like, just, <laughs> which is great. Like, it's like he makes a lot of those. He shoots like, I don't know that I've ever felt more comfortable with a Lakers shooter when the ball goes up than Carmelo Anthony. Like, it is oh, no, it's a mind boggling thing to think about considering the, the level of talent that has come through this roster, like, since I started watching the Lakers in 1995. But, like, I feel the most confident when Melo takes a shot. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, and we do some good things with him too. We set him as like the screener for Russ. Mm-hmm. So when people, you know, go under, he can find him. And Malik found him as well. I just like, I worry about him defensively against the good teams. I mean, I shouldn't really be worrying about this. This is good not a good team. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, maybe if, you know, things, <laughs> if things can break right. To be fair, I'm talking about Portland. I don't think Portland oh, okay. is a good team. Okay. So yeah. Melo doesn't yeah. need to be worried about because he's not defending a good team, is what I'm trying to say. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. They, they Although, have been playing much better of late. Yeah. Yeah. They got CJ back. Yeah. CJ's good. Like, he's a solid. CJ's good. Over. Norm's good. Simons is good. Not a good team. I stand yeah, by that. Yeah. Like the jury four. is still out on whether the Lakers are a good team or not. That was a discussion in our Slack chat earlier today. Yes. But um, yeah, they I, won. I was, watch- <laughs> I was watching Phoenix play and I was like, man, Javel's motor is something like we could have used, you know, <laughs> like I don't think we ever replaced that, like just his no. energy. And he does some like, you know, lackluster, like what are you doing plays, but a lot, but but he plays hard and he runs the floor. And I think that's something. I mean, he gets himself like, out of position sometimes going for blocks, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's, this team just kind of misses that juice, I guess, defensively. And I think that's why Avery Bradley plays. Like, I, I guess it's not productive. He looks all the, like he's playing yes, hard. Yeah. He, he runs around like he's like, I'm going to try like really hard, even though like he'll get lost. He got like killed on screens today. They had uh, they had him chasing CJ McCollum and he got lost yeah. so many times. Um, but again, he's a ball hog guy. Like that's what he does. And Vogel likes those kind of players um, at his guard spot. We just don't have the personnel to kind of play how Vogel wants to. But you're right. We should be switching more. But you can't switch if you start Malik Monk and Avery Bradley. Like, you, it's, like you just can't. And like, who Carmelo are you played. supposed to start on this team when LeBron is out? <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, like, yeah. I would start Austin Reeves, though. Like, I would like to see Reeves start. I think Even then, like, if you're starting Russ, Monk, Reeves, like, are you switching with that group? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you could – well, like, so what they would do sometimes, it was, like – they would switch two through five. You know what I mean? Like they would like switch two through five and just not mm-hmm. switch with one. You'll see that with Carmelo too. Like he'll, he'll switch and then <laughs> try to sprint back at, at the guy. So yeah. that he's not, he's not guarding. It's, it's not easy, but we have to win games to bring like, we like, like they, we could, I was taking notes on this game, which, you know, makes no sense to take notes on this <laughs> awful game, but Portland was eight for 20 at the rim in the first half. Like we were very mm-hmm. lucky. We weren't down. That's like all that 10. Malik Mun rotations. <laughs> Had seven steals in the first uh, in the first quarter. Like we were just throwing the ball away. Um, Russ had a three in the first quarter, and I always say like Russ three should count like six points. Like that's just <laughs> like I feel like they should count double. But we had a Russ three as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just I feel like we could have been down so much. Portland missed a bunch of layups. Like we were lucky to to kind of win this one. So hopefully we can build on it though. Clippers, yeah. Clippers tomorrow. I know that um, like really the Lakers should not be playing two big lineups at this point because mm-hmm. of the spacing. But when like Melo plays with Stanley and AD or, you know, AD plays next to Dwight, I can't help myself. Like I appreciate the size. Like I appreciate just <laughs> some semblance of like, Oh, the Lakers have big players who maybe could stop something. And yeah, I actually thought the Melo Stanley AD combination was kind of interesting um, because like Melo shoots well enough, honestly, for like any position at this point. Like he is mm-hmm. a spacer, no matter what number on the rotation you're calling Teams him. Guard him. Mm-hmm. Teams guard him, right? And Stanley will shoot and just uh, generally moves around enough on offense to the point where he's just not standing in the corner and like allowing his defender to camp out in the paint. Um, so, given like the the limited wing or non-existent wing depth that the the Lakers currently possess. I don't hate 
putting Mello in these situations where he's like a nominal three because like if the alternative is Bazemore or more of like really small lineups where Malik Monk is the three, which I, again, I realize the Lakers are starting that and I'm not entirely in favor of it, but I, I like the experimentation. Like Mello has not really played small forward this season and yeah. to see him in that configuration where like Anthony and Stanley Johnson, like they're bigs, but like they're, they're mobile bigs. They move around. They can cover up some ground. I think it's a look that the Lakers should consider more, especially while LeBron is out. Yeah, no, for sure. I would like switch more in those actions to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't like how much we run drop. Uh, I know we're running it a little bit less, but I'd rather just have Carmelo, you know, try to defend in isolation and then have AD as the back line, like the roamer that he can be, or he can like defend the corner guy and help at the rim against when guys try to attack us in isolation, instead of just doing straight kind of drop. Like I thought Anthony Simon's got a bunch of threes tonight because we just mm-hmm. drop back. Like he comes yep. off a high ball screen and he just pulls right up. But you're right. Carmelo has to play because his offense is, is so needed on this team. I think it's rough that we can't get anything out of Trevor Reza. Like, I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a real struggle. I, I think Cam Bazemore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cam Bazemore plays hard. And I think that's something that this team kind of needs. Like it's all, it's kind of, you know, it's erratic. It's crazy that he plays hard and still can't play. That's how bad it is. That it's erratic. We're just for sure. searching for life. Like any yeah. amount of pulse. Stu Lance is dying at the helm trying to call these oh, games man. and Kent Bazemore, you know, waving his towel around on the bench. Can't see the floor because of how bad he is. I misjudge that more than any offseason acquisition. Yeah. He was supposed to start. Like he was supposed to be our like uh point of attack defender guy mm-hmm. who runs the floor. He was fine in golden state. Like he wasn't this bad, at least from what I remember um, watching. The he did Warriors. not fit in their offensive system because his mind does not work in that. <laughs> no, read yeah. and react, but that's fine. Cause the Lakers don't run anything nearly that complicated. Not so I all. didn't think it was going to be an issue, but apparently yeah. still an issue. But yeah, the issue is like him. Like, so you have him being as erratic as he is. And then you pair that like with Russell Westbrook, right. As well. And like, you have two guys, Mr. Erratic. Just, yeah. Who absolutely just run the floor in a, non-controlled way if, if the, that's mm-hmm. the best way I can kind of put it so it just hasn't fit well but like I would like to see him get a few minutes without you know just purely DeAndre Jordan or these jumbled lineups like he's in these lineups where like you're just trying to survive them um these like second quarter lineups where it's you know him or if it's like next to Dwight Howard like it's just it's tough so I'd like to see him next to like LeBron and AD where AD's at the five maybe he can run the floor a little bit better run in transition I still have hope for Cam Bazemore like I feel like there's a role we just don't have enough wings that are younger than 36 like you know like I like that's like that LeBron that's a, is the only <laughs> capable wing on yes LeBron's LeBron doesn't have an age he's just LeBron James everyone else yeah. Carmelo's I think 37 Trevor Rita's Trevor Reese's 36 I think we were linked to Paul Millsap who's also 36 like just like, Paul Millsap uh, is a five that's it <laughs> Yeah, that's putting it nicely that, you know, like, yeah. uh, yeah, he was a four, but now he's too slow for that. So he's like yeah. a five now. But uh, yeah, so we need like some younger guys who have some juice and just some joy. I think Ken Basemore plays with joy. Doesn't play well. But no. Plays, plays with some kind of joy. Um, joy and activity, I will allow. That is what Ken yes. Basemore does. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So Ken Bas- keep playing Ken Basemore. Just play, play hard. You know, I still believe that there's a there's a role somewhere if even if it's not like 15 minutes a game, it's like mm-hmm. eight, 10 minutes a game on this, on this old team. I mean, maybe he'll get some chances because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the Lakers do play tomorrow. They're they've got mm-hmm. a thin rotation here because 
you know, LeBron is hurt. Uh, none is hurt. So that's already down to 13 Ooh. DJ Trevor Reza don't play. So that's 11. Um, like there's just, there's not enough bodies to say like everybody else has to play 30 plus minutes, especially on the second night of back to back, even if it is another game in Los Angeles, but just when you were mentioning the fact that this team is lacking juice, what it reminded me of is that we just don't dunk the ball that much. Like we don't have any lob threats on this team. And to me, that was bar none. My favorite thing about the 1920 Lakers was that they dunked on your heads all the time and mm-hmm. having multiple centers, like three of them who were lob threats at any given moment. Cause I'm including Anthony Davis in this discussion was just such a good way of creating space on a team that couldn't shoot because at least they had vertical spacing. Now there's no kind of spacing to the point where like Taylor and Tucker threw a lob to Malik Monk a few games ago. And like, that's, that's an idea because Malik Monk can dunk, but like he's not familiar with setting up as a lob threat in an Mm -hmm. offense, right? Like he's not camping out in the dunker spot or anything. Dwight Howard threw a lob to Carmelo Anthony today from the three point line. And of course, Melo had to come down with it. Of course, Melo had to come down because Melo is not a lob threat. But yet, not even the only time that Melo was thrown a lob in this game. It was successful. <laughs> this is what we have come to, is that Carmelo Anthony is the foremost lob threat on the Lakers. And if that isn't a sign that, like, this is not the 1920 Lakers anymore, what, what else is? You know? I, I think that's also a sign of how bad Portland's defense is. You know how <laughs> bad you got to be to give up a lob to Carmelo Anthony? A revenge like game for Carmelo <laughs> Anthony against those oh, Portland yes. Trailblazers. That's yeah. correct, yeah. It was in slow motion. Remember our first play, like in 2019-20, used to be like a lob to Javel. Do you remember that? Every time yeah. we won the tip, we would try to like steal a dunk for Javel. I thought that was mm-hmm. that was fun. Uh, yeah, we we have some guys who are supposed to be lob threats. Like I think that's what DeAndre Jordan was was supposed to be. Like a tall. It's like the last seven- time you watched him was in 2017. And sure, DeAndre Jordan is a lob threat. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan watching him was just fascinating. Like he goes through the path of least resistance every time. Like I always say, mm-hmm. like whatever is just the easiest. Like it doesn't matter if his role is to close out. On the three-point line, he'll just stand in the paint if there's a guy next to him. It was just as a frustrating guy. Dwight Howard can't jump anymore. Um, and Anthony Davis is our last real lob threat. I think we threw yeah. like a few lobs to him tonight. I don't know if they he were just successful. does so many other things that like yeah. defenses know that if there's one thing you want to key in on, it's Anthony Davis dunking. And to be fair, most of them, to their credit, do a good job of taking that away. But yeah, that's uh that was the one thing that stood out to me in this game, just because. I love dunks. And if Melo's the guy that's doing it, I mean, I like a lot of things about Melo's game. Like I said, the most confident I have been in a Laker shooter is with Carmelo Anthony, but he's not the guy I think of who's just dunking on your head. And that's, that's what we're asking of him. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> we haven't got a Russ, man. Russ dunk in a while either. Like he had the one over Rudy, but he's not a lob guy. You know, he's just right. take it to no, the hoop yeah, and sure. dunk on you. Yeah. There were there were a couple of rest moments today that made me want to just uh, disavow the rest experience all over again. But I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid it because I think you know which ones I'm talking about, and I don't want to re- bring them up again. So let's just move ahead real quick. Uh, the Lakers are 25 and 27. Like we mentioned, they are in ninth in the West. They are uh, one half game behind the Clippers, who they play tomorrow night. Um, it's gonna be bleak. There's no Paul George on the Clippers side. There's no LeBron James on the Lakers side. Uh, any thoughts on this game just briefly? Well, the Clippers, they just keep winning, right? Like it's, it's, it's crazy. I just... They're, they're a 500 team who seems to win far more often because their wins are just very loud. 
Yeah, they just they play well. They're really good coach by Ty Lue. Uh, yeah, they're they're a fine team. Reggie Jackson, I think, you know, is, is back and playing well for them. But we need to win, though. We need to win that game. No Paul George, no Kawhi. You have AD and Russ. Um, you should be able to to win that game, hopefully. Like, the, the talent gap shouldn't be as large, I guess, as, as it can be with that Clipper team. But they play hard. They play well. Is Luke Kennard back? I'm, I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, Luke Kennard's playing, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I will say that the – that the biggest lead that the Lakers have had in the four games they've played the Clippers since Ty Lue became the head coach is two. Um, and you can guess the outcome of those four games since Ty Lue became the head coach. In fairness, LeBron has not played it in two of them, but he will not be playing tomorrow. Um, we talked a lot about like juice and just a pulse for this Lakers team. That is the one thing that the Clippers, they play hard. And yeah. so I would hope that this is a game that would – you know, the Lakers would get up for because it's a national TV game. Whatever you think about the Clippers, like that LA thing definitely means something. They do not like losing to the Clippers. It was very clear when they lost the Clippers earlier in the season, how much it ate at them Mm -hmm. um, more so than other losses and standings wise, you need to get the tiebreaker against the Clippers. So if you lose this game, best case scenario, you're tying with the Clippers in the standings and that's, and then you're already like, you know, another game and a half behind them. So just playoff positioning wise or God play in positioning wise, this is a really important game. You remember, you remember last year where we were like, where the Clippers were kind of maneuvering not to play the Lakers like the, yeah. from at the end of that season. Um, fun times, I guess. But yeah, now we're, now we're both kind of in that, in that playing spot. No, Lakers got to win tomorrow. Like for sure. It would be great for tiebreaker status, but to me, the Lakers are playing themselves like every night, like they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're trying to battle their own kind of demons tonight. Like I didn't see a sense of urgency that I would hope for a team that's like fighting for, you know, playing yeah. spot. Like you, like you see it when you watch like the Clippers games, the Clippers play hard pretty much every night, but you know, they could tell they're trying to fight for a playoff spot. Lakers came out tonight, you know, they got that double digit lead and just kind of for lackadaisical for a lot of it. It's, it's concerning the, the urgency it's that the we don't It's the same feel. script every night, right? Like build a really nice double-digit lead by the second quarter. I think the Lakers have blown more double-digit leads than any team in the league this year. I think it's 11. Yeah. Um, and maybe they blew another one over the weekend that I forgot to add to the total. But it's so annoying. Like they build a really nice lead middle of the second quarter. Starters come back in. It tapers a little bit, you know. Um, usually there is some heinous play that happens within the final minute of the, the, se- the second quarter. Third quarter comes, the lead immediately evaporates, and then the Lakers are just fighting back the rest of the way. Um, I hope that's not what happens against the Clippers because this is this is a big one. I mean, I, I hate yeah. to say that when you're the eighth versus the ninth team in the West is playing, but this is where we are. Just got to yeah. win games. Like, can't fall further away from 500. Yeah. Someone said tonight was a must win. I'm like, we were in must win territory like three <laughs> weeks ago. Like that, that ship has sailed. Like we've been in must win territory for a long time. And maybe the team just has accepted they're in like playing territory. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's what it is. I still think you can't just throw games. Like Sabrina, the Charlotte game was like so disrespectful to me. Like we, oh like gosh. that Charlotte game, we started DeAndre Jordan. We started Wayne Ellington, who, you know, just. <laughs> Like, what can you take from that? When I was listing the Lakers on this team, I just did not even mention him. Oh, my God. Wayne Ellington, uh, people, like, forget. Shout out Harrison. People forget. But, like, but Wayne Ellington was, like, named the starter. Was a bucket. Oh, yeah. It was, well, hasn't really been. But (laughs) 
in that like athletic article to start the season when AD was you it know was pronounced him and the, Trevor Ariza yeah, yeah him and Trevor Ariza with AD at the five and then that inflection point happened where Trevor Ariza got hurt shockingly and uh we started DeAndre Jordan but yeah like that you know that Charlotte game we just wasted like what can you take from a game like that we had a little comeback yeah. at the end that was fun but, but that's where I think like the Clipper game, it would be nice to win, but it was just like, can we build on something? Can we build the yeah. Russ AD screen and roll to be something we can deploy against teams? Like, can we build anything? Like, can THT find a way to, you know, become like a, a I just can... realized, like, did we see Russ AD screen and roll that much in this game? We saw a little bit, a little bit like, of what it. What other it's... offense is there? <laughs> Especially against Portland. Like, I understand why we don't run it a lot because like a lot of teams just switch that. And then with mm-hmm. like our shooting on the floor, they just help off it. So it's basically, it turns into like a Russ isolation, but against like Portland, you know, they have Nurkic, you know, as this, as the guy, like that's a good guy for Russ to attack and to put on the move, you get AD attacking Nurkic on the move. Like that's something uh, we didn't go out to enough, but we did a lot of AD Probably do that against Zubac too, honestly. Yeah. But there's a is, two on AD. Yeah. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Zubac is the most painful gone Laker to me, like watching him start at center, one of these days when i've officially broken you raj we're going to make a list of the most painful lakers to watch on another team and i personally zoo is not atop my list but no we'll get to that like the other guys we got people back for you know (laughs) i'm sorry you not you didn't appreciate my (laughs) who no just kidding yeah (laughs) but uh, yeah zubach is the most painful he's good he's like go bear level like rim protector in terms of like numbers if you want if you see the i'm not saying he's go bear yeah yeah not to turn this into a clipper love, love thing, but like, yeah, like Zubac, it's painful, but yeah, put him in pick a roll as well. Uh, that's all we can do really. And hopefully Russ can bring the offense a little bit. I think he's starting to control his shot attempts. Like I think on mm-hmm. early in the year would have been like five for 20, but tonight it's like three for 12. Cause he's kind of, even though you get some of those weird shots, uh, the one leg fadeaways are the ones that are just really <laughs> tough, to, tough, to, tough, tough to watch, but yeah, when he he decides he's Dirk, it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's controlled his shot selection a lot better. And I think, you know, the turnovers have, have gone down. He had like four turnovers, I think, tonight. But well, yeah, we need tomorrow, a good rest game. Come on. Yeah, tomorrow, um, presumably, both teams will be playing after having no all-star reserves named. So maybe that'll <laughs> maybe that'll give a little lift to Anthony Davis, to Russ. Who knows? Yeah, I think AD is going to make it as the LeBron injury replacement. That's what I'm going to say. Um, you know, knock on wood, LeBron plays in the game. But <laughs> I think... I think 80's making it. Maybe not tomorrow, but it's happening. Okay. I don't know if he's might have, might have missed too many games. He's been good though. And nobody no, in the West great. has really played that much. That's true. Yeah. Like you want to put Cam is... Johnson in ahead of AD? <laughs> Mikel Bridges, give him yeah. the <laughs> Wiggins all-star starter, though. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's a spot. That's a that's... spot that Anthony Davis should have had, honestly. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 Anyway. This has been a pleasure. Uh, hope you all enjoyed Raj's first official episode on the Silver Screen Roll Network. This is going to be great having you on, and uh, maybe we'll be a little less scattered after a game that is uh, more stimulating than this one. <laughs> a hey, real basketball game? Yeah. A real basketball game would be nice. But the Lakers won, good times, you know, two games below 500, making a comeback. You know, you just got to win 10 games in a row, and the media narratives will change. So this is number one, nine more to come. And we'll be talking about them every day on the Celebration Roll podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts. And Raj and I will be back next week.